Hi everyone and welcome to another sauntering podcast with me, Paul White. I'm coming to you from the beautiful town of Weymouth in Dorset by the sparkling blue sea. It never rains, it's always sunny. This podcast began during lockdown. We galloped through or sauntered through many, many books of the Bible now. I'm a disciple of Jesus and my job is to encourage you and encourage other people to walk with him. Good morning everyone. Welcome to another saunter. And it's one of those days. It's kind of raining and windy and blustery, but God is with us and he loves us. He's got loads to say to us this morning. I'm really excited about the stuff we're going to be sharing today. And so let's pray before we launch into it. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that your face is towards us, that you're speaking to us. Thank you, oh Lord. Lord, just Wash us again in your word today. Wash us in your love. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Amen. So today we're on chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 4. And uh, we've been talking about the preciousness of knowing Jesus and the thing that is most precious of that thing that is most precious of all. The thing that is to be treasured above all things. And so Peter is constantly making this comparison between what is precious and what is worthless. Good morning, Ruth. Great to see you. Good morning, Chris, if you're there. Um, so Peter is saying, therefore, sorry, since therefore, Christ suffered in the flesh. And we've been talking quite a bit about his attitude to the suffering and how he was in his heart was submissive somehow to the will of the father through it all. And even though the suffering that fell on Jesus was unjust, he somehow had this heart that kind of made it amazing. And and that he's then, Peter's then saying to us, right, this is actually how we need to live. We need to have this same attitude in our own hearts of submission to the Father. But so let's, let's just read it because it's profound. He says, since therefore... Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the human passions, but for the will of God. So let's just pause there for a second. Peter is saying, arm yourself. The actual word there in Greek is that it comes from the word weapon. So he's like, weapon yourself up with this way of thinking, the way of thinking that is in Jesus. So let's just refresh ourselves. Good morning, Paul. Let's just refresh ourselves. He says, um, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you might follow in his steps. And he was when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Now I know 
that some of us have suffered big time and are still suffering in our bodies in some way and there there's an aspect to it which you kind of think hold on a minute I know God loves me I know he's for me this suffering does not make any sense in the context of his great love and his great kindness towards me and yet I do believe that we have an enemy who wants to inflict suffering on us and to kind of see if he can annihilate annihilate our faith and so peter goes back to so go right back to chapter one peter saying that these times of suffering have come that the genuine precious genuineness of your faith it's more precious than gold which perishes even though it's been tested by fire may be proved and found resulting in praise and glory and all the rest of it to god and so as our faith is kind of tested and put through the furnace of pain and suffering sometimes it kind of makes us drill down into that which is really precious and uh, 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 that kind of more superficial aspect of our faith maybe and of our commitment to God kind of burns away and it's that rock solid that true gold that is kind of refined and comes out at the end of the process and Job says something similar. He says, when he's tested me, I will come forth as gold. And so even in the middle of this thing, this this kind of suffering, Peter's saying, arm yourself, get yourself weaponed up with this way of thinking that was in Jesus and entrust yourself to him who judges justly. Entrust, so in the middle of the suffering, we have to kind of some, the challenge for us is to somehow pull down into him and kind of arm ourselves with the same way of thinking that was in Jesus and that somehow that is a weapon so if we're going into a battle someone said the the Americans have a saying don't turn up to a gun don't take a gun a knife to a gunfight if you're going to go to a gunfight you need a gun and preferably a bigger gun that you've got quicker access to than your enemy with certainly that's the way our American friends think anyway and so we need a weapon that's fit for the war that we're facing and Peter this is Peter the apostle he's not some Mr. Nice guy he doesn't see Christianity as a interesting occupation for retired retired middle class people who want to do something good for the community that is not Peter's understanding of the gospel at all he's been in prison multiple times he's been beaten he's been faced with death and persecution direct persecution against him and his fellow apostles and his fellow believers so he knows what suffering for Jesus is really about and Peter then went on to be crucified upside down because he didn't want to he didn't consider himself worthy to face the same death that Jesus had been through um and so he refused to be crucified normally and said do me upside down because I'm not worthy to die the same death as my savior this is incredible so right when Peter's talking about arming yourselves he's not saying be Mr nice guy in all of these situations that's not what he's saying if anyone's heard me speaking through the previous couple of chapters and has come to that conclusion think again listen to Peter's language he's saying get this weapon take this weapon on board this is a an offensive weapon that will bring down your enemy so one, what will annihilate our enemy? 
It's having the same attitude in our hearts that Jesus has in his heart when he's going through the suffering and trials and the pressure that he went through for you and me. And so if we have that weapon, if we have that mindset, that way of thinking that we entrust ourselves to God in the middle of things we don't understand and in the middle of these excruciating sufferings, that is the biggest weapon that silences the devil because he can't do anything with us when we're in that place. But it's interesting that he goes on to say that actually when we've suffered in our flesh, this mortal body of ours, and I would include the mind in that because the mind is part of our flesh, isn't it? The brain, the emotions, when we've suffered deeply emotionally or mentally, we've been through trauma, we've been through sufferings, it kind of changes us. And I think we're different. Someone who's really suffered is different from somebody who has yet to suffer. And I, and But the person who has suffered and been able to entrust themselves in into God's hands, if you like, in the middle of the just not knowing what's going on, not really being able to answer what's going on, there's something that happens in our hearts. And it's like the things of this world and the passions and the fleshly desires of this world seem so inconsequential in the light of those things and and it helps us in our kind of choices to choose that which is really valuable that which is really precious rather than just going after our passions and the things that ah oh, turn us on or whatever so so he says Whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. And so he's saying, actually, this refining process is helping us. Gosh, hard to see it sometimes, but it's helping us to choose that which is really precious. So I hope that is kind of making sense. Verse 3, he says, For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they're surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and they malign you, but they will give account to him. They will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Right, let's pause there for a second. So he's saying we've had, an, the, what, whatever's gone before our decision to follow Jesus or to receive Jesus, to become a disciple of Jesus, he says that's enough time spent on this pagan way of life. Now he's t talking to um, Jewish believers, but he's also, as we've said, he's talking to people who've come to faith in Jesus through from a pagan Gentile origin and he's saying listen whatever time you've spent living as an unbeliever that is enough time to have spent wasting it on all of these things that doing what the gentiles want to do sensuality passions drunkenness orgies drinking parties lawless idolatry i read the other day in a very well respected history book that the emperor nero who was the emperor of Rome at the time Peter was writing, one day threw this um, massive kind of street party for, I don't know if it's 24 hours or a day, uh, you know, a day and a night or two days and two nights, something like that, where literally any woman 
who lived in the Roman Empire had to make themselves available for sex to any man who asked her. Otherwise, she could be killed. This was Emperor Nero. So literally a slave could go to his master's wife and say, right, come on, or his daughter or anybody else in the street could be accosted by some stranger and required to give him sex. Can you believe that? This is the culture that Peter is speaking to. It would not be okay to have a wishy-washy faith at a time like this because these draconian, horrible, abusive, tyrannical um, laws and whims of Nero were being inflicted on anyone who lived within the Roman Empire. And so um, Peter was not saying to people, choose the nice weak tea and cucumber sandwich Christian kind of lovely English summer's afternoon thing. He was not talking about that. He's talking about a radical choice that it, as we suffer, we're entrusting ourselves to him who judges justly because we know that this isn't all there is. We know that this life isn't all there is. This physical life, the life we live in the body is not all there is. That is not what we're living for. Our destination, our destiny, our our citizenship is in heaven. Our, we, our, our kind of, our expectancy of life is eternal. We're looking on things from an eternal perspective. And whilst we're on the earth, we're here as agents of another kingdom. And so we live differently. We make a choice to choose that which is precious rather than that which is just cheap and tacky and ugly in comparison. And he lists those things and he says, do you know what? The people around you are going to be surprised that you don't want to join in. It's been Halloween. What a pack of nonsense is Halloween. Why would we want to celebrate the devil and the dark side when all it ever does is rob us and steal from us, why would we want to dress up like witches when they are completely lost and it's a complete load of folly and deception? Why would we celebrate that thing? Good question, Paul. <laughs> why would we? It's worthless. Choose what is precious. Don't And, and yet the people around us, they, oh, why don't you celebrate? Well, because. Why don't you get absolutely rat-faced and drunk out of your head at the weekends. Why don't you do that? Well, because I've chosen something precious, actually. I don't need that. I don't live for that. That's not what my life is about. If you would understand, if you would walk with me for a few days, you'd see what my life is about. I've chosen what is precious. So Peter says they malign you, but they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. So even the people who mock us, take the mickey, put us down, try to discredit us for living a godly life, they're going to face judgment, actually, which is kind of not us being petty. Oh, you're going to face judgment one day. No, it's just the truth, because actually he's ready. He says, they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Verse 6. That is why the gospel was preached. Even to those who are dead. That though judged in the flesh. The way people are. They might live in the spirit. The way God does. Right. So let me just. 
this is one of those scriptures we could get lost, kind of lose ourselves in the weeds over, because it, it is he is Peter saying, well, we preach the gospel to we go and sit by the grave of people and preach the gospel to dead people. I don't think that's what he's saying at all. It's a bit unclear to me, but I think that Paul picks it up. He says in in Ephesians chapter two, he says, you were dead in your trespasses and sin. You were dead. You were literally dead. And so, but now God has made you alive in Christ. And, and that's the whole thing. So he's saying the gospel was preached to people who were dead. Yeah, I mean, when we preach the gospel to anyone who doesn't know Jesus, it's like they're dead. They're spiritually dead. But when they receive the good news of Jesus, they come alive and they're made alive in him, which is just fabulous. So he says, for this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. And again, he's saying, right, there is a better way of life for you and me than to live in the flesh and to face the judgment for that. Let us live in the spirit the way God does. This is the precious way. This is the valuable. This is choosing life. Let's not choose death. Let's choose life. Let's not choose the empty ways of darkness, but let's choose that glorious living hope of walking with Jesus. Right, verse 7. He says, the end of all things is at hand. Right. <laughs> at the moment, the prophets are going bonkers. The internet is full of people saying, oh, this is the end of the world. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. The point is that for Peter, the end of all things is near. And when he gets up on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and preaches to the the big crowd in front of him, he says, in these last days, these, and he talks about the last days. And I think Peter's understanding certainly was that we were in the, that he was living in the last days. That was 2000 plus years ago now. And so from Peter's definition, we are living in the last days. And my belief is that we should live as if we are living in the last days. But therefore, this weapon that Peter's talking about is about having the same attitude that was in Jesus. And Paul talks about it so beautifully in Philippians chapter 2. Having this mind in you that was also in Christ Jesus. He's saying, "Have this is your best weapon. This is your best defence in these times, in these times of the end of all things, the end of life as we know it. He says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. What? For the sake of your prayers. He's talked to men about how they treat their husbands so that God will answer. Because if, if we treat our wives badly... God doesn't answer our prayers so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Now he's saying, actually, for the sake of your prayers. Well, how much praying are we doing and what does he mean? I think what he means is that when we pray with having recently indulged and given way to sin or maybe lost our temper or been drunk or something like that. When we come to pray, we don't have confidence before God because our hearts are full of kind of conflicted things but let's get our hearts right let's be sober-minded let's have the heart of Jesus in us let's live like self-controlled let's make good choices let's choose the precious every single day 
And actually then when we come to pray, it's like we only have one agenda and that's his agenda. And so guess what? If we're praying the prayers that Jesus wants prayed, God's going to answer him, isn't he? It's a, it's a, it, the father would never refuse Jesus anything because Jesus always prayed what the father wanted him to pray. So it was easy. He stands outside the tomb of Lazarus and he says, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. Why is that? Because he, because <laughs> his heart is just to do the will of the father. So if our heart is to do the will of the father and we've got that heart of Jesus in us, when we pray, it's easy. God answers because we're praying his prayers. And so he's saying, actually, you need to be effective prayers in this time. You need to be you need to be in a place where your prayers are effective and getting stuff done. Right. Then he goes on to say, verse eight, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. English people. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks um, as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So he's saying, right, this is the, the we're in the end times, whether we like it or not. Whether we whether it's tomorrow or the next day or another 20 years or another 100 years or a 1,000 years even. Let's live like we're in the last days. And then above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Isn't that something that we can fall out of and we can start to neglect to do? To love one another earnestly. That requires a bit of effort, doesn't it? If we do something earnestly, if we ask someone earnestly, we're going to put some feeling into it and some effort into it and he's saying like right above all love one another earnestly that's the that should be the hallmark that should be the thing that really makes christians stand out like it did in the early church they said see how these people love each other let that be said of us now in 2021 so above all 2023 where are we gosh we're going back in time right so um Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. It's not like we try to hide other people's wrongdoings if they've done wrong, particularly if it needs to face legal proceedings. We would encourage people and we would push them to confess it and get it out there and get it known. Face the music but find forgiveness from God, but we may have to end up serving a stretch in prison if we've broken the law. That's not what we're talking about, but we're talking about, we're not going to go around telling everybody everybody's business, oh, they let me down because they did this, or that happened, and they, they didn't do what they were supposed to do, and, you know, but we're, we're kind of just being gracious, and we're allowing people to make a few mistakes and to you know kind of mess up a bit but we still love them and we pick them up and believe in them and brush them down and help them get on with it and stuff right so show hospitality to one another without grumbling as it and oh, hospitality is such a beautiful beautiful thing and let it be something that we practice and 
um, the writer to the Hebrew says, practice hospitality because people have done that and they found they've entertained angels unawares. Hospitality, I think, is something that, again, is something we need to pay attention to. Like loving one another earnestly from the heart, we need to pay attention to. We need to pay attention to hospitality. Make sure we're doing it. Go out of our way. Plan it in. Because we'll probably forget to do it if we don't. And it doesn't have to be a lavish meal. It can be just a cup of tea. And sit down and have a nice cup of tea and a bit of a chat. And crack out the best biscuits or whatever it is you've got. But And he says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. And he's talking here in the way Paul goes on to talk about. About how the body has different parts and each one should be building each other up and so on and he's saying like whatever the gift you've received from God is an is a part of his varied grace it's part of his generous gift to to the community and to the church and he's saying use it to serve one another if you're a speaker if you speak speak like you're speaking the oracles of God don't don't try to or don't devalue the word of God let it be kind of spoken of well and spoken well and um you know put in the right place of honor it's it's important he said if you're speaking speak as if you're speaking the oracles of god if you're serving <clears throat> serve by the strength that god supplies sometimes in order to serve we need a bit of superhuman strength and we need to be able to press into god and say god will you supply me with strength to serve right now because i'm flagging I'm tired. I need some extra input. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so, again, Peter is saying this is what the purpose of everything we're doing is, to bring glory and honour to Jesus. The reason we hang in there when the going is tough and we dig down deep into him is because we are looking to bring glory and honour to him all the way through the whole process. So listen, let me pray. God bless my dear friends today, wherever they are, whatever they're doing, whatever time they're going to listen to this, Lord, I pray that you will speak into each heart. But Lord, I pray too that you'll help us to really shine and that that pure, that faith that is of greater worth than gold would really shine and be visible to the people around us and also bring glory and honour to Jesus. Amen. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening, you guys. If you've enjoyed this podcast, that's brilliant. That's exactly what I hope for. Please do share it, like it, pass it on, get it out there. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day.